Good evening, listeners. This is Aaron Rollins, and you are listening to Southeast Third. I started out with another podcast channel called Third Street Barbershop, and I was hoping to get a group of people together or have special guest appearances every once in a while, but that just kind of fell through. And the whole purpose was to, you know, talk about things that you normally would talk about in a barbershop. For me, the barbershop from my hometown had a very special place in my heart, and Southeast 3rd Street is the street we grew up on, my brother, my sister, and myself, so I thought the channel would have been good for me to kind of, you know, display my roots and where I'm from and such, and that kind of fell through, so this channel is going to be more of a a solo channel. I may have a guest here every once in a while, but uh, the majority of it's just going to be featuring me and topics that I feel that are important to me, and hopefully you will enjoy listening to things like religion, uh, politics, work, um, what kind of dog I've been taking care of for the past six months now. I say taking care of because she's not actually mine. Um, stuff like that. And uh, today I want to kind of go over something that is a, a pretty big deal. Um, so in America, especially through social media outlets, uh, there's a lot of expression over days of the week. So this day is taco day, tomorrow's hot dog day, and blah, blah, blah. So today is International Women's Day. And there's quite a few women I'm actually very thankful for to being in my life. Um, I, I believe that's a very positive direction to go. I mean, you, you never want to put one group over another extensively. But it's good to have a balance of recognition. Recognize this group for a period of time, and then that group, and then that group, and then just moving on and 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 highlighting some things that you know are significant. So my mom definitely comes to mind for one. Um, and what what good relationship between a mother and son is not worth mentioning? You know, uh, just about everybody that had a good relationship with their mom will be like, yeah, my mom's the best mom in the world. Um, she set a real uh, positive and inspiring example for me. She stayed up late, uh, working on her agenda and her, her tasks. Uh, she was very priority organized. You know, she wasn't a very organized person. She still isn't, but she, she knew that she needed to get things done by a certain time and in a certain way. And, you know, we, we look at on her situation now and see that, you know, she's poor, she's not very well off, uh, she lives on disability, and you're like, man, if things had just been different, she'd have done this instead of that, she'd be in a better situation now. Well, not necessarily. I mean, she didn't have a lot of options at the time. Single mom raising three kids on $10 an hour in the early 90s, uh, late 90s, that wasn't a lot of money. <laughs> Dad wasn't around much, and he sparingly paid child support. I'm he went to jail more often than not because he couldn't pay it. So um, she she didn't have a lot to work with, and she still made it work. We we didn't always have the best clothes or the nicest shoes, and I didn't even get my own car until I was 20, and I had to pay for it myself. Um, well, that's not entirely accurate. She did give me a car. I just never got to drive it because somebody hit it while it was parked in a parking lot, and I was pretty upset. But, um, you know, she... She did some pretty inspiring stuff. Uh, raising my brother, who was a troublemaker for a little while, he, he really calmed down at a certain age. But for a while there, he was just doing whatever the hell he wanted. <laughs> and you know, for a single mom trying to raise a man, it's, it's not easy, especially when you haven't had the most positive male role models in your life. I mean, heck, she got attracted to my dad. My dad was a bipolar drug addict that had alcohol problems, or was he a bipolar alcoholic who had drug problems? I think that's more fitting. Anyway, um, 
she didn't have the most positive templates to follow to try to raise a son. Uh, we, she wasn't always there to discipline us when we needed it, but she gave us some pretty important lessons. You can, just from seeing her behavior and how she interacted with others, that imprinted very strongly on me. I always, you know, gave someone a chance. I always listened to what someone had to say. I've always tried to be considerate to other people. You know, hold the door open for a person. Um, let a person go in front of you in traffic. Um, help somebody with something that's heavy as they're trying to carry it. You know, mom never did that part, but she was that kind of considerate person. And I took a lot of those lessons to heart and um I, I wouldn't be the man that I am if it wasn't for my mom. Uh you know, for good or worse. Uh for for better or worse? Yeah, for better or worse. Uh, another lady uh would be Shelly O'Neill. Oh man, Shelly O'Neill. The um acting director while I was in college who has a doctorate of philosophy or theater philosophy. She is something else she is so inspiring never have i met anyone more passionately devoted to their faith this woman is just the most devoted christian i've ever met and she's not one of those spiritual movement type people that's you know so deep in their walk with god and christ and the holy spirit that they see dreams and have you know words of the holy spirit to give to somebody and she's not that sort of pious Christian. She just lives a very pious and devout life. She goes to all sorts of of church functions. Not just church services, but church functions. She excuse me. She speaks Christian life into other people. She's prayed with me so many times. It's um it's very humbling to think about her sitting down with me and praying over me and the things that I was going through. Uh she's had me in her home and She's um, worked with me directly on on scenes while we were uh, doing productions together that I really struggled with, and she spoke truth into my life. And she just, if, when you know her as a person, you you just there's there's nothing she can do that makes you don't want to be around her. She's just something else. Uh, other women from my life that had pretty significant impacts. My eighth grade English teacher, Shannon Bell, um, no longer Shannon Bell, but Shannon Hughes. Who was um? She was firm but not strict. She was uh, an enforcer but not uh, unfair. She she was uh, she was a good teacher. Her and my fifth grade English teacher, Mrs. Morrison. Um, actually, no, she was a different grade. But Mrs. Morrison, uh, I, I doubt she's still around. She was, I believe, in her late fifties by the time that I was in middle school. Um, her. And Liz Henry, and they're they're both English teachers, oddly enough, but they were great. Uh, Mrs. Morrison ended up being, uh, yeah, she must have been my, like, my seventh grade teacher. Um, she ended up being um, one of my directors for acting back then too, because I did acting in in junior junior high and high school. And uh, she was man, she was she was mean sometimes, but she was also very very passionate about what she was doing. And uh, she she wanted to push people. She wanted to push her students, and it was great working with her. Even at that age, you know, I I really appreciated what she did. Um, other women that have inspired me, or or some of the women I've served with downrange, uh, Chief Everling. Um, you know, at first I felt Chief Everling as a military leader wasn't qualified. She spent all of her time in the reserves. She was a uh, an administrator more than anything else as a as a medical professional, and I was a trauma medic at the time. 
Uh, I was a hospital corpsman. I deployed in support of the Marines in uh, Iraq, and I was going to Afghanistan this time. And um, she was leading our enlisted guys. She was our senior enlisted leader. And she really showed me her character. Um, she showed me her concern. She showed me her desire to do a good job and to do right by her people. And that was just something that, you know, if you've taken that position for granted and you, you don't care how the mission turns out as long as it's a success, that's just something that may happen to you where you get a little bit of apathy. She didn't have that. And, yeah, she struggled. It was hard. She was uh, – Man, she was so thin. <laughs> she was just I, I don't I don't mean to, to degrade her in any way, but she was just a scrawny individual. She was a runner. And no, oh she could run for days. But man, putting gear on her and having her march around in boots was just murder for her body. But she did it. She definitely did it. She she fought through it and uh overcame some pretty big hurdles. Um we got her through convoy training, we got her through live tissue training, and I'm not gonna go into what live tissue was. But uh, she, man, she just, um, she lived a very inspiring life at that point in time. I'm not sure what she's doing now. I believe she's got like three kids. But uh, at the time when I was getting ready to go to Afghanistan, she was just somebody I really looked up to. I, not at first, but when um, when we got there and, and things changed and she was looking out for us and keeping up with us and seeing how we were doing and coming to visit us and all that stuff. That made me, I, I, she really grew on me in a, in a dramatic way. Um, my sister is another woman I want to recognize. Uh, sing she was a single mom for a while. She's married now. Her and her husband have a baby of their own. She has a nine-year-old boy by another man. Um, they have a stepdaughter as well. Her husband has a daughter by another woman. And she just juggled for so long. Her life was rough. She was raising a baby on her own and working and trying to go to school. Um, I, I don't know when she started school, but I know she did eventually. She's actually almost done, and she's going to be an educator. She's a teacher. Um, she's doing student teaching right now, and uh, she's doing that while being a homemaker. She Her husband works 12-hour shifts, I think, either five or six days a week. So he is putting in time, um, and he works nights. I said 12. I think it's like 10. Regardless, he works long hours at nighttime. So when they're home, he's usually asleep. So what what happens? I mean, there, there's really not, not a lot he can do to help around the house unless he's off work. So when he's off work, he's there, he's present. But when he's working, he's just, I'm, I'm going to home, I'm getting cleaned up, I'm watching a little TV, and I'm going to bed. Pretty much what everybody does. And Brittany, for the longest time, was uh, working two jobs. And then she went to school, so she dropped a job. So she was going to work, going to school, and taking care of kids at home. Um, you know, she she wasn't working all those times consecutively. She had breaks in between her jobs, so she was able to do that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like Josh is some, you know, half, half-assed half dad. He's not. He works hard for his family. And um, just seeing Brittany go from a single mom that was living in a rundown apartment, doing the best that she can to, to raise her baby – to this teaching mom that's uh, got three kids that she's responsible for and a home of her own has just been very inspiring. She, she turned it all around. I, I still remember the night, the first time she told me she was pregnant uh, with Logan, my oldest nephew. And um, she was 19, and <laughs> she sent me that message, and I just couldn't help but laugh. Boy, I was, I was a real jerk about it. But something about 
when she was dating uh, Logan's dad at the time, I knew I just knew this was going to happen sooner or later. And so I get this message. And the funny thing is, I was going to a bar to get drunk. <laughs> I was still active duty at the time in North Carolina, and I was going to a bar to drink. She sent me that message, and I just couldn't help but laugh. And she said, I'm serious. I think I might be. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, I love you, Brittany, no matter what happens. So, I, you know, I'm laughing because I know this is going to be – this is going to suck. But, uh, you know, I'm still – I still love you, my sister. So that's that's not going to change just because you got knocked up by somebody. Um, other people that have inspired me that I personally know. You know, you've always got historical figures you can look back on. Uh, Rosa Parks and her defiance to – you know, civil injustice, um, Anne Frank and her bravery, uh, Harriet Tubman and her bravery and selflessness, um, Marilyn Monroe and her sheer, what's the word, uh, dauntlessness. I mean, she just, she was just a very bold individual, even if she was, you know, a little crazy. Um, Who's another J.K. Rowling and her philanthropy? Uh, she just recently got knocked down from the Forbes Fortune 500 list, or whatever list they do that lists the wealthiest people, because she was giving so much to charity. That's why she got removed because she she was just donating. And um, her quote on that about being considerate and researching the organizations you're giving to are very important before you just give because. Excuse me, she gave a lot of money, but she was also giving to organizations that she actually looked into and made sure that they're using her money responsibly. So can't fault her for that, man. It's very, very inspiring. Um, girls like Bibi Aisha, uh, like I said, no, these are all people I haven't met, but they're still very important women. Bibi Aisha was an Afghan girl who uh, got some publicity because she had to have plastic surgery to fix the damage done to her face and the damage was caused by um some taliban sympathizers who weren't taliban themselves but submitted to taliban ideology and they agreed with some of the uh, taliban doctrine um she was going to get forced into a marriage with a man that she didn't love and not only did she not love him she was afraid of him because he was uh physically aggressive and violent and uh, when she rejected him at first, the Taliban, you know, put the thought in this man's ear that he needs to take her for himself. And um, his family came to her family, and they they talked the family into giving the girl to the man, which you know, in that part of the world, you can do that. So they gave her to him, and she was trying to refuse him, but uh, he wouldn't have it, so he beat her. And he he did this for a while. Um, she ended up trying to run away, but he ended up catching her, and because she tried to run away, he cut off one of her ears and cut off her nose. So she had some pretty horrendous facial scarring, and um, she eventually escaped. And I don't know how, but she made her way to the U.S., and somebody picked up her case pro bono, uh, reconstructed her face for her, and she's doing fine. She's um, not you know, wildly successful, but she's successful now. So, you know, stories like that show you that, you know, your women are oppressed every day. And you can be in some pretty harrowing situations, but if your resolve is strong enough, you can find a way to have a better life. And she did that. She did that through sheer will. And a couple of lucky breaks, I can imagine, because you just can't escape the Taliban without some sort of luck or divine intervention. Um, other women that are inspiring to you. Oh, there's this lady. 
at my church, Rebecca Hughes. Um, she's going through a tough time relationship-wise, and it's it's personal, so I'm not going to give all the details, but she is handling so much responsibility. She is a volunteer for the ter- church. Now, she's doing a volunteer role, but it has employee responsibilities. So the pressure for her to keep up with her job is great. She has a lot that she has to handle. And it's very admirable, I think, to see her go through that. Um, She's a part of the choir, and she coordinates all the volunteers for all the volunteer responsibilities. Ushers, choir team, altar guild, um, lawn and care service for the property. Uh, there's like five other like outreach, uh, children's chapel and children's daycare services. She monitors all the um, volunteers for that, and and she is just invested. She is invested, and even though she's going through a a, a trial at home in her personal life, she is still keeping up with all this stuff. So I think that's that's something that's worth uh, bragging about with somebody that I actually know, and I've only known her for a short while, but she's she's really uh, putting her Putting her heart into her work. Um, other women that have inspired me. Let me think. Women that I know. Oh man. Can't forget Miss Jessie. Gotta talk about her. Mrs. Jessie. She was around 60 years old when I met her. And she was delivering newspapers. This was probably like five years ago. Somewhere. Eh, well like four and a half. And I picked up a job delivering papers because I came back to Waco and I didn't really have anything to do. Um, <laughs> so she had her nephew working with her who was around 30-something. And uh, she was working that job and another job. 62, maybe 61. And she was still grinding out there for her money. Now, when you deliver newspapers, that is every day. You deliver newspapers every day. You don't get a day off. If you try to take a day off, you have to pay somebody to cover for you. They don't find someone. You find someone. It's your responsibility. You're more or less a contractor. Anyway, she um, she just really inspired me because she was dedicated to making money. And not for the sake of being rich, but for the sake of having things. For having a home. For having a nice car. For having clothes and food to eat. And not having to wonder where her next meal's coming from to just have security. So she worked. She worked for everything she had. And <laughs> she's just a very, very happy lady. She would sing church music. She would sing R&B music. She would just sing at work. And that was always nice. And every time I saw her, I would run up to her and hug her. Um, I'd always ask how she's doing. And anytime she might have needed some help, I did my best to help her because... She also handed a very large route for delivering papers, and we try to help her out as much as we can. But oh, I miss that woman. I miss Miss Jessie. Oh, she was something else. She was um, she was just a warm body. You know, some people just have that personality. You enjoy being around them, and Mrs. Jessie is definitely one of them. Much like Shelley O'Neill, you just love being around Shelley, and uh, Jessie is is pretty much the same way. Um, and there's a couple of my aunts. That I'd like to recognize. Jacqueline. Jacqueline's had a tough life. And uh, even though she's always had it rough. She's always been very kind. And very considerate to the people around. Or her her family at least. Me, my sister, my brother. She's always been very kind and very considerate towards us. And what we're going through. 
trying to, you know, pump us up a little bit, tell us that she believes in us and what we can do. And she sees the good in us, so she highlights those things. And even though everybody needs to be taken down a peg every once in a while and and, and have a you know time to reflect on their their decisions, she talks about all the good within you. And Jacqueline, oh my gosh, that's just so that's so helpful to have. And then Barbara, Barbara, oh man, Barbara is such. Uh, she's so much fun. Um, even though, you know, Barbara can be all serious and talk business, she's always been a very business-minded person. She's a lot of fun to be around. She's just fun to talk to, fun to hang out with. She's such a fun person. And for being in her late 40s, early 50s now, that's not easy. Yeah, she's in her early 50s. That's not easy to maintain that attitude your entire life. You know, life happens, and you 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 get taken taken down. You go through your peaks and valleys, and um, you know you can change. You can uh, alter some of your behavior over time, but not Barbara. Barbara's been the same. <laughs> She's the same woman she was in her thirties as she is in her fifties, and it's great. It's great to see that. Um, my aunt Terry, my aunt Terry's uh, different. She's <laughs> she's definitely different, but she's also very knowledgeable. And she is very assertive, and she is very interested in the people that are going through tough times. Um, she's a victim of sexual abuse, uh, so are her kids, and she is very invested in their development and their future. Um, she's also, well, I say her kids, she's got five. Uh, she's got triplet boys, and then she's got a, a daughter and a son. Um, she's very invested in all their futures and what they do with themselves. She does her best. Now, she's not made of money, but she does her best to support them with what they do. And it's always nice to see a mom take take a responsibility like that and uh, put their whole heart into it. You know, because you see parents out there on the news or, or on social media all the time that are more concerned with their appearance, that are more concerned with their possessions or, or their power or their status in, in society than their children. And that's definitely not Terry. Terry is concerned with her kids and their well-being. And that's always nice to see. Um, I don't really have any more people that come to mind. I'm also heavily medicated right now because I got hurt at work. So I just want to close this session out and say thank you for your time. And um, hope that you'll listen to future broadcasts of Southeast 3rd. Y'all listeners have a good night. Be safe and God bless.